Hey, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rise Together podcast. Dave here. I am super excited to give you a little treat. I have been doing monthly coaching inside of an incredible new platform called Growth Day, and I'm going to give you a taste of this most recent month's coaching because the response was absolutely fantastic. Each first Tuesday of the month, I am live coaching inside of an incredible community of like-minded human beings all interested in growth. And this last month, I dove into change, as in how change challenges confidence. And I want to share with you a little bit of how I have attempted to approach change and equipping myself with the tools required to handle it in a way that acts as a catalyst moving forward as opposed to something that might keep you stuck. I've done so through a conversation around what might happen, what can happen, and what will happen, what might happen, a conversation around anxiety that you might have and how to address some of the fear that comes in the possibility of what might, what can happen, a conversation around preparedness to face your fear by addressing what can happen and arm yourself with what's necessary to move forward, and what will happen, a conversation about owning this reality, that we only have so many days on this planet, and that maybe in tapping into our mortality motivation, we might give ourselves the permission to embrace change, walk towards fear, and become this better version of ourselves. So I am excited to share this with you. I am doing this thing inside of Growth Day, and I'm so proud of it. It's, uh, in some respects, like a masterclass, if you will, in that not only do you get access inside of this membership to my coaching, but there are 10 other extraordinary coaches like Brendan Burchard, Mel Robbins, Jamie Kern Lima, Prince EA, David Bach, Jenna Kutcher, and more, all available for less than a buck a day. You get a library of incredible content, unlimited access to the replays of live coachings that are happening every single Tuesday and Thursday from each of these incredible teachers. There's PDF homework that make the lessons totally actionable and a private community of like-minded people that you get to connect and network with. Plus, every month, I'm going to grab somebody for a one-on-one -on -one coaching to try and take that person's game to the next level. I would love for that person to be you. I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that you'll check out Coaching in Growth Day at growthday.com forward slash Hollis. It is time to rise together. It's time to face change and see it as an opportunity for growth. Let's go enjoy this episode. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us? think like us, or live like us. I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise, together. I'm excited to welcome my main man, Mr. Dave Hollis. You out there, my brother? Oh, Brendan, I am here. It's Dave I Hollis, people. Excited. Let's go. Come on, people. Let's go. Hey, uh, I wanted oh. to say 
Number one, thank you, Brendan, for gathering a group like this, like-minded people, all interested in pursuing our growth. And I want to thank every one of you. You have made this decision to put your growth as a priority in your life, and I am here for it. And I commit to bring the very best that I can every single month inside the platform to honor the commitment that you've made to becoming this better version of yourself. So uh, the topic of confidence, it is a good one for all of us because confidence is a required ingredient for everything that we are hoping for in the pursuit of the life we're trying to create inside of this year or any year. And also change challenges confidence. Show me some hands. How many of you are currently experiencing change? If you don't have your hand up, you're a liar. Because all of us in some ways are experiencing change, all of us. If there's anything that 2020 has introduced, it was this unbelievable disruption because of global pandemic, the challenge of social unrest and having to confront it, the test of a presidential election, right? All of these things have happened and all of this change, it upended our sense of normal. It may have triggered some questions about our identity it may have us feeling a little more alone in a super disconnected world where connection is so important and maybe even more divided in a sea of rhetoric that just seems to exist every single day. And all of those things compromise our confidence. All of those things, right? Leave us with some questions of what normal really is and what normal we ought to be fighting to get back to when we have the chance to be back there. Right? Some of us maybe are wondering who we actually are if we're not who we've always been. And in some of us, we're scrambling to fight for connection in unconventional ways or looking for opportunities for unity as we try to tackle our biggest problems. Right? 2020, in so many ways, for so many of us, introduced a new game. Right? And 2021, so far, I don't know if you're feeling this, is just 2020 with a mask on. <laughs> right? Like, I think we thought that the strike of midnight on January 1st was going to be some return to normal or that it was going to be something different. And here, change is a constant. Change is the new normal. And that normal being different from what we've known is going to challenge our confidence. And I want to start just by normalizing how it is just a piece of your humanity to struggle with confidence inside of unprecedented and changing times. The fact that you might end up feeling confidence compromised isn't an indictment on you not being good or enough or worthy. It is a reflection of your humanity. It's a reflection of my humanity. I also have struggled like you with confidence during unprecedented times. But one of the things that I've had to stay super, super connected to is that the game having changed requires that the playbook we use to play the game as a thing that must also change, right? The old playbook that was in place, be it February of last year or any time in your past, is as relevant now as a VCR is to my kids, as in it is irrelevant, right? So the work that we have ahead of us today and through this entire month of teaching from all of these amazing teachers in confidence is to find ways for us to build a new playbook that engineers our confidence in a way that will actually meet today's challenges, rather than operating off of the old playbook that has no relevance, no application 
in the change-filled, change-is-the-constant kind of world that we live in, right? Change is going to challenge your confidence. It's going to come with these questions of what might happen, what might happen in these new unknowns. It's going to trigger our anxiety, our worry of what if, our worry of how long. It requires better question asking around what can happen, right? What kind of preparation is required to be ready, fortifying our confidence with the kind of planning that will have us preempt the thing that might get in our way long before it does. And it also requires somewhat of a reminder of what will happen, right? The promise that we all will meet the same fate. I hate to be the one that breaks this to you today. We're all gonna die. Right? But in acknowledging the inevitable, that our time on this planet is limited, finding ways to tap into that gift of mortality motivation to maintain our confidence when things get scary is a part of what we're going to talk about today. So I want to try and walk you through a little framework around what might happen, what can happen, and what will happen. Right? That's the framework that we're going to spend our time today, the hour or so worth of conversation to engineer the kind of confidence that we'll need for the ambition of the life that we're here to grow into. Right? But you've got to have a new plan. The first thing that it requires is losing sight of the shore that you have historically been living on. Right? We're all on a journey, pushing away from something we know for something we need. And the only way that we're going to actually make progress toward the thing that we need is if we can release, make peace with the things that we've known and the ways that we've been in order to actually implement that new plan to allow us to thrive inside of the conditions that are obviously different than they were, right? The list of challenges from 2020, you know, there, there was a collective thing that we went through on society, but there's also change that we choose and change that's chosen for us. And I personally, I can tell you, I'm in a season of experiencing both. The change that I'm choosing in real time is something that I'll argue you're also choosing by being here, right? The decision to grow is a choice for change, right? The, the decision to listen to your intuition, to reach for the self-actualizing that would ultimately bring your gifts and potential that lives inside of you into the universe so that the gifts that you possess might be afforded the recipients that they were intended for, that is you choosing change, right? The last five years of my journey of self-discovery and becoming and growth have been captured by a sentiment that I actually have tattooed here on the forearm. It's a John Shedd quote, a ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for, right? And I got it as this reminder that I was built for the discomfort and self-awareness and discipline and fear-facing that's required to move away from comfort into a zone where growth can happen, into learning, into growth, with the recognition that the only way to get to learning or growth is to walk through the ravine of fear that surrounds my comfort zone, right? It's the decision to walk from comfort through that ravine so that I can get to learning and to growth where my purpose might be fully unlocked and my passion tapped into. Like I've made this choice for change. And I started the conversation by saying change will challenge your confidence, right? The, the decision to grow, this decision that you've made 
comes with a commitment to personal discomfort. It comes with a guarantee that you will have your fear triggered, your identity challenged, your resolve tested. The promise of failure in your exposure to new things, it is guaranteed, right? So as you've made this decision to grow, the decision to evolve into a better version of who you know you can be, it's gonna come at the expense of comfort and it's gonna come at the expense of the comfort of those around you who are accustomed to who you've been. It may threaten them. It may trigger your, their worry that you're gonna outgrow them. I don't know if you've ever heard of this analogy of crabs in a pot, right? If there's a bunch of crabs in a pot, a crab starts to make its way out of the pot and what do the other crabs inside the pot do? They reach up and grab that crab and bring that crab back down and there are people in your life who as they're triggered by change, as in they're triggered by your change, your decision to choose change will reach up and try and talk you out of the audacity of your dreams. They will try to have you coming back to a status quo that they have become comfortable with at the expense of you fully actualizing who you were put on this planet to be, right? There's also the change that chooses you, right? Like I am in real time about nine, 10 months into a divorce that I never saw as a part of a story in my life, right? The change that chooses you, it might be a surprise diagnosis. It might be a failed business venture. It could be like me, a relationship that ends. It could be a job that gets downsized. One of a million things that come out of nowhere and knock you off your path, right? Oftentimes, these kinds of unexpected life events come with a blank piece of paper. I've described my experience in having change chosen for me as being handed a blank piece of paper on which I was now told by God, the universe, our creator, my intuition to design the future of my choosing, to write out a vision of what comes next for me. Equal parts, exhilarating and terrifying. Something that requires a heavy dose of confidence to be able to write the next great chapter. Some of you, right, you've decided to immerse yourself inside of a community for growth. You are foot on the dock, putting one foot now into the boat that will allow you to leave your safe harbor and traverse the guarantee of choppy seas for a lighthouse that sits on the other side. And for many of you, you're sitting here with a blank piece of paper trying to cast the vision for where you're actually heading. And that vision casting moment may in fact be equal parts exhilarating and terrifying, right? So either case, right, the change that you choose or the change that chooses you, filling out that blank piece of paper, building that new playbook, it is an absolute mandatory requirement for success in this new world order, right? The ability to build a great playbook starts with one incredibly important ingredient, and that is imagination. The ability to create a vision of your future that is so clear, that is so detailed, that is so fully developed that it runs like a motion picture in your head. But you gotta have an amazing, amazing imagination. And when you try and cast a vision inside of a confidence compromised state, you will never dream as big, as clear, as detailed ever, ever 
There's this uh, amazing Les Brown quote that I love. I've referenced it so many times. Hope in the future is power in the present. Hope in the future is power in the present. Hope for what's coming creates confidence in the present. The belief that you have in how you'll navigate the unknowns of an upside down world, the change that's chosen for you, it determines how confident that you'll feel in real time, right? Can you see the things that are happening and change is happening for you and not to you? Can you, in seeing what will inevitably end up happening, connect to a hopefulness that allows you to be confident today? If our ability to tap into our imagination is compromised inside of change, challenged by fear, it demands that we find a way to lean into and engineer confidence that's needed for us to believe where we're heading, right? So how do we do that? That's where we're gonna start by considering what might happen, right? Wrestling with the anxiety and the things that have not yet happened yet. What can happen? Proactively planning for how we'll handle what's likely to be thrown in our way so that from a posture of preparedness, we can be confident that we'll handle anything and everything that gets thrown in our way and what will happen. Like this mandate to fully live into our calling when we know the inevitability of our limited time on this planet. The, what might happen, what can happen, and what will happen come into play here. But before we get there, I wanna start with an exercise. We're not gonna do it in real time, but make a note of this as homework. Because one of the most powerful steps for me in actually creating the imagination that I have for what exists next inside of this constant state of change that was compromising my confidence was addressing my fear, drawing my fear into the light. Of all things, the gift was given to me by my ex-wife in the week around our conversation of divorce when she interviewed Liz Gilbert on her podcast. And Liz is amazing in a whole host of ways, but Liz in this conversation shared the idea of writing a letter to your fear. Writing a letter to your fear in a way that brings the things that you are worried about in the pursuit of becoming and bringing them out of your subconscious into the light so that you can do a little bit of work once you have. Well, guess what? I, human like you, had a lot of things that I was afraid of in the midst of this change that I did not choose, choose the, the, the change that chose me, right? I made a list of 46 things. And so I wrote it out, dear Dave, I am your fear. And this is what I want to tell you. I am afraid of the blank piece of paper that sits in front of me in a world where I thought my life would go one way and now it will not. Now that it's gone, I am afraid of what that means. I'm afraid of doing the things that I need to do to become the version of who I'd hope to be without the vices that I have traditionally turned to to deal with the anxiety, fear, and insecurity. I am afraid of shedding what my identity as a husband means. I'm afraid of starting over and getting it wrong. I'm afraid of putting myself out there and failing, right? Very universal fears. I'm not alone in feeling these things when change introduces itself and tries to chip away at our confidence. But by bringing them into the light, it was a miraculous sigh of relief. It was this incredible boost to my confidence just to be able to speak them out loud. 
by bringing my paralyzing insecurities out of darkness and into the light of this spiral bound notebook, it allowed me to dismantle the fear in a way that might have otherwise held me back from moving forward by doing two incredible things. I'm gonna hold up a piece of paper because I want you to be thinking of this along our way, okay? I made a list of my fears and then I asked these two questions. Which of these fears are actually real? And which of these fears can a plan be created for to address the warranted fear? Right? I am you know, not one that fully believes that fear is false evidence appearing real. You may have heard that that's the uh, acronym associated to, to fear. The interesting thing in going line by line through my 46 things is that many of the things I thought were, of course, yes, totally ridiculous. They were absolutely 100% not real. And I was, because of going through the exercise of bringing them to light, able to discard them. Thank you very much. This was ridiculous. 80% of them gone, I'm eliminated, and now I'm free. No more weight that I have to carry as I go forward in this ambition of becoming who I'm becoming. But the other 20%, they were warranted fears, right? That, those fears were real. And I believe that the, the role that those fears were playing was a prompt to ask questions on how I could best prepare to do it scared, but ready. The ability to formulate the kind of habits and routines, the circle of support, the resources I need to ready myself to, yes, confront my fear. The fear was not going to go away, but to do it in a way that changed completely the way I felt courageous and up to the challenge. Okay, so this work here, right, this is where our work begins. Because after this class, I want you to take the time and write a letter to your fear. What are the things that you fear in this journey of growth that you've chosen? What are you worried about in relationship, in finance, around your health? What are the things that are triggered in security-wise, imposter syndrome, whatever it might be? What is it that you're worried about? And as you bring them to light, are there ways for you to actually go through and eliminate some of them and those that are worry, worthy of uh, existing? How do you create a plan? Okay. So let's dive into what might happen. So the first of the three things that we'll talk about in trying to unpack what we worry about, the way that we inside of change have our confidence compromised, the first big thing is what might happen. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of the Stoic philosophers, names like Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, Seneca, right? There's dozens of them. 2000 years ago, speaking tons of truth, totally holds up today. And as much as they, yep, are known as the founders of thought around virtue or ethics or physics, logic, a whole host of things, they wrestled with the exact same anxiety that I have and that you have every single day. And when you go back and look at their work, there is consistency across the board with the conclusion that every single one of them have drawn. And that is that, of course, anxiety is born by a perceived fear of what might happen a weight that we've given to the perception of what's possible in a way that disproportionately weighs the possibility of our worst case fears actually coming to pass. I don't know what it is about our human wiring that would say, it feels very likely that this worst case thing is actually going to happen, but anxiety plays that trick on us. 
and allowing those worries of what might happen infiltrate our thoughts, it compromises our confidence, right? It diminishes our courage. It keeps us stuck where we are, paralyzed by that fear. Epictetus said, man is not worried about real problems so much as by his imagined anxieties about the real problem, right? It's an idea that was reinforced by Seneca. We suffer more from imagination than reality. And so I think we can just start with this self-awareness that the weak spot in our humanity is the, the fact that we are allowed to have a mind that will run wild with a worst case scenario imagination of how bad things could be that introduce suffering in real time if we don't check that reality, right? We're, we're, we're suffering in real time for a reality that has not yet occurred and likely never ever will. Our mind loves to play tricks on these things, especially when we find ourselves pushing into new. When we leave what we need, what we, what we knew for what we need, that's when these voices are the loudest. Okay, I want you to grab a blank piece of paper. I want you to draw three circles on the blank piece of paper. One big one, one that's about a quarter of the size of that big circle, and one that's just about 5% of that middle-sized circle. They live inside of each other. I will explain why. This represents the things that we worry about, the things that can happen and the things that do. I have filled it out for you so that you can fill it out yourself. The whole pie is the way that our brain processes every single thing that could possibly happen on this journey of becoming. The smaller circle is the list of things that actually can happen because our mind is so crazy, it will have us worrying about things that could never happen. But that smallest dot, the smallest little blip, those are the things that actually do happen. And when you can see it against the backdrop of how much we afford the weight of worrying about everything with how much actually happens, it, it just affords you a confidence to dismiss a little bit of the rhetoric that that voice in your head is trying to sell you about why you should be worried in the first place. Right? Building confidence, it started by trying to see how few things I, would, I was actually worried about could actually come to be. Right? With, coupled with the truth that I cannot actually control the future. I hate to break this to anyone too, beyond the fact that we are all gonna die, you cannot actually control the future. And that is one of those lies that our brain tells us that we have some control over the things that have not yet happened, but loosening our grip and staying connected to this reality that we cannot actually control anything beyond this day. This day is the only day that I can control. I can't change the past, I cannot predict the future. The only thing, that may in fact have an impact on what happens next is how I train and pour my focus into what I do today to build the confidence to actually handle whatever happens next. Now that in and of itself, that's not gonna make your anxiety go away like magic. There is a next step. Like making a relationship with your anxiety has been one of the biggest gifts in my life over the course of this last year. I have been inside of a therapy journey with someone who's been helping me unpack a conversation around self 
Like many times when you find yourself immersed in change, one of the biggest things that will compromise your confidence is losing a connection to who you are in these new environments that you find yourself in. And I know for me, as being married and the husband too was now replaced with single dad and parent of, I was struggling to know who I am and I spent a lot of time diving into self. This idea uh, has a name inside of the, the psychology world. It's called internal family systems. I've got this amazing therapist. His name is David. I am buying him a boat literally one session at a time. Best investment ever. But the therapy is all about how we ourself and we are observers of parts that believe themselves to have a role that serves us. Managers, if you will. Even the negative emotions that we experience, those are parts that we as self are witness to. And if we can step away from feeling like we are anxious, but instead the witness to the anxiety, we now get to ask that anxiety what role it believes itself to be playing, right? I am not anxious when I feel anxiety. I am the witness to this part of my being showing up to serve a role it believes it exists to serve. I'm not the voice in my head. I'm the observer of that voice. I'm not the feelings that I have. I am the witness to those feelings. And as the observer, I now have this opportunity to make a relationship with that manager to ask it, what role do you believe you are serving by being here? If you haven't read The Untethered Soul, God, I, like, I want to get some royalties on this book. I've been, I've been recommending it so much. But as a, as a complement to the work that I've been doing in therapy, it's an amazing thing that kind of reiterates many of the ideas of being the observer to your feelings and not your feelings, right? So anxiety for me, and I don't know what role anxiety plays for you, but I will tell you for me, anxiety is providing me information. It's intel. Right? It's a trail of breadcrumbs in my life to a place where I do not yet have clarity, where I don't yet have a solidified plan. And in the ambiguity that exists in not yet having a plan, I am afforded an opportunity because of the message relayed by anxiety to dive into and consider how I might become just a little bit more prepared for this piece in my life. It has fundamentally changed the way I think about anxiety. Thank you, anxiety. I hate that I've become grateful for you, anxiety, but in fact, when it presents itself, it's just trying to help me create clarity in a part of my life where there is ambiguity. So I see it as a resource. It's here to help me rather than something I have to suppress or mute or run away from, right? And here's the thing, and I'm not looking to diminish anyone's experience with clinical anxiety, right? There are plenty of people who need to take mindfulness as a foundation and then go into psychological or a pharmaceutical kind of solution and pair that with mindfulness. But I do believe that mindfulness and this relationship with anxiety is a foundation that every one of us in our mental health journey has to have as a prerequisite for engineering the kind of confidence that we're hoping to create, especially in the midst of change. And because you showed me your hands, all of us are experiencing change and change is gonna trigger your anxiety. So make a relationship with that feeling and ask it what role you believe it to be playing. 
Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.